Today on the Arts Report, God of Carnage at the Playhouse, Blue Box with Carmen Aguirre, the closer variations at Carousel Theatre, and the Projecting Change Film Festival, Real to Real, plus much, much more. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to the Arts Report for Wednesday, April 11th, 2012. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM and we are also, of course, streaming live online at citr.ca. My name is Nick Soratori and uh, joining me also in the studio is Arts Director Megan Thomas. Hello. How's it going, Megan? Pretty good. Awesome. How's your your rainy Wednesday? Um, Rainy? It's been rainy, but I've been inside. Oh, so it's not so bad. I'll have to leave yeah. soon and brave brave it. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I'll, I'll live. Whatever. We'll survive. It's it's spring now, so hopefully the weather will get better. I'm wearing a jean jacket, y'all. I no see. scarf. I'm super pumped about it. I wish it. we could do like a live video stream of the show and people could. I no, don't. You don't want I don't to, and no. No, one, no one wants that. No one wants to see that. I'm not, I'm not blow drying my hair every day. But, crazy? <laughs> but, but then how do you show off your awesome jean jacket? You guys can just imagine it. You right. know, light jackets are spring. Right. Okay. Carrying right along. Um, <laughs> of course, I mentioned this is CITR. Um, and there are a number of ways that you can find us via your favorite social media. You can find us on Twitter at CITR underscore Arts Report. Uh, we're also on Facebook, and um, all of those links are also on our website, which one more time is CITR.ca. Uh, those are all good places to check out. Uh, so we have a lot of things to talk about in today's show, but Megan, I thought first we would chat about a show that you saw in this last week. Uh, it was The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, which you saw at... Um, the Colch. The Colch. Yeah, so, I actually saw it last night for my birthday. Oh, so happy birthday. Thank you. I didn't know it was your birthday. That's exciting. I know. Cool. Um, so how how was it? It was... It was... It was. So <laughs> it was a preview performance. And so uh, I'm not really going to comment on things like blocking or anything that, you know, they're still working out. Um, I think I think in terms of the actual production, it was excellent. But I won't comment on any of that because that's the kind of thing where kinks get worked out. And um, I don't want to give anyone a false impression about that. So I'll leave that alone. Um, all I will say is that I, I interviewed... Steven, the director, last week, um, very interesting guy, and saw him and said hello. Um, and he presented it as a little bit more ambivalent, I think, or ambiguous mm-hmm. than I was. Th- so I was expecting something that was a little more um, contemplative about the role of Judas and the role of Jesus. And um, I found that. It really was obviously the writer's um, opinions, mm. plus some of the process of how he developed those opinions about how uh, the kingdom of heaven or the afterlife is kind of set up. And, and, sure. and there, some of the ideas were very funny um, and interesting and things that kind of like, oh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. But I would say that it it is definitely about 
one point of view of how Jesus is or God is and uh, and how uh, Christianity might be understood right? and Judaism. So it's, it was very interesting. But if you are a person like myself who has very strong opinions about those <laughs> things that may not line up, right. <laughs> like uh, those things existences, then not to alienate an entire group of listeners, but um, that, you know, that's my personal belief. And, and so that's that was a barrier, I think, for me to, to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the performances were just very, very funny, very, very poignant. You had um, an ensemble cast pay- playing all these different roles, um, mythic figures, Freud, Mother Teresa, very well done. Cool. Um, the, the apostles, and they created, uh, especially with the apostles, these kind of real world, world versions of, um, you know, gangsters and fishermen and, and kind of what those things would look like. Um, so that was interesting. There was, Yeah, but there were some themes in it that I found a little rudely handled I guess is the is the most diplomatic way to say it and I think that um, that the people the characters in the play that were supposed to be kind of providing the ambiguity providing mm-hmm. the space mm-hmm. um, for I guess I guess what you would say is non-believers to enjoy the play yeah. those characters got really beat up in a really huh. specific way um, that uh, one of them uh, was a woman and she got she got called out on on a uh, Really harsh, more harshly than the other mm-hmm. uh, lawyer, quote unquote, because it's a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some really, really funny, great performances in it, and especially the first act. It was very funny, and it had that, it maintained that ambiguity. And then later, it got quite serious. Judas had a scene. Um, there was Satan, who was funny at first, and then, of course, as Satan, I'm sure, is wont to do, quite cruel. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I would definitely recommend it if you feel that the basically assumption that mm-hmm. Jesus and God uh, exist which which is what I got from the play I don't know if that's what the the writer was supposed to be putting into it or you know I can't speak to that but um, if if that's something that you won't find a barrier to whether you believe or not um, to seeing this I I would definitely recommend it because it had some great performances and some interesting content but if you're like myself where you'd like a little more discussion about that kind of very primary mm-hmm. fact mm-hmm. Um, then there was a little bit of a barrier and I know my partner who I went with was even more ex- he's even more extreme and yeah he cu- he couldn't get into it because of that he said the first act was really funny it's when and and interesting and dark and mm-hmm, all those things mm-hmm. it's in the second act you or this I guess you would call it the third act yeah. um, so yeah so I, I I really think that the it was a really interesting play and there were some really yeah. funny uh, moments and uh, well put together um, but yeah there were definitely some soft parts in terms of the writing I think and yeah. And also, I would say that uh, Gordon Jr. from Gordon, the play mm-hmm. that Adam and I reviewed, was in this, and he he was really excellent. And mm-hmm. all, there were some performances that really did. I, I had the single cool. tear. Nice. Oh, the, <laughs> so yeah, emotionally, emotionally, tier. it was very heart cool. heart tugging. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the the Culture website right now and just having a, a peek at the description and what they've written here is that it's definitely a provocative mm-hmm. show. Very funny, very provocative. Um, you know, right at the bottom, they've written strongest possible language warning. Yeah, there's things that you, we wouldn't we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't repeat on after the radio. nine o'clock. We're allowed to say things, and we're not right. allowed to say any of the things that they said in this. <laughs> um, but I think the other thing too is there uh, there's a line between. And this is not in terms of good taste. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about taste, but I'm really talking in terms of some of the jokes and the the provocations mm-hmm. um, relied so heavily on certain stereotypes right. and certain kind of language that you already hear in day-to-day society that's so derogatory. Yeah. Like, that's not provocative. That's just kind of a more extreme version of the types of ideas that were 
hearing about Already women hearing. and right. you know things yeah. like that. So um, and some of the some of the stereotypes that they kind of evoked, and I think they were trying to play with those stereotypes. They were using it yeah. for shock value, but shock value to an end. Sure. They were trying to get a reaction, and so I appreciate that. I just think that there was a, uh, an ambiguity or a subtlety loss that really, like, mm-hmm. like I see what you're saying. Where's my access point to think about this my Got own it. way? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but cool. definitely people seem to really enjoy it and, and, and did were provoked and were laughing and were really engaged. It's a beautiful theater, and you really are right in the action. It happens all yeah. around you. Cool. Thanks, Megan. Oh, you're welcome. That is totally awesome. So, okay, so the, we've been talking about The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, mm-hmm. which is playing at the Colch. It's part of the Tremors Festival. Uh, which all look, like, really oh, super interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to see probably Giant Invisible Robots. I love a, a one-man show. <sighs> that is a great show. Is it? You've yes, seen it? Oh, yes, good. Yeah. And um, last, Endgame looks really good. Yeah. It's it's great. Um, and, yeah, this is a lot of stuff. So this particular show is produced by Pound of Flesh Theater in association with Pacific Theater and New World Theater, all three fantastic and the, companies. And I think also. So, uh, it's presented Rumble by Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. just like 18 people. Him announcing everyone took forever. Oh, yeah. It's it's very involved. Lots of, lots of cooperation lots in of the theater Lots of support from community. the community, it's and great. I can see why. Totally. Yeah. And, of course, it's at the Colch in the beautiful historic theater, which is oh, such a great venue. That's what see. we talked about a lot after, actually. It's like how great the theater was. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, so it's running um, now uh, until April 21st, and um, there are many shows. And you can get tickets uh, at theculch.com or by calling the Colch. Uh, yeah. And they start for at sixteen dollars, which is totally affordable to go yeah, see an and awesome like movie theater. And stuff. Yeah, and uh, and you can go and make up your own mind and then share your thoughts with us on our Facebook page. Yeah, please do. We love to hear. <laughs> and if you guys ever have any tips too about what we should be talking about, let us know. Yeah, uh, you can email us arts at citr.ca. Press releases, cool stuff you saw, anything that's interesting, links. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you. Exactly. Cool. Um, and so I will. I'll let you guys. You get back to it. I was going to say you guys. It's just you. It's, it's just I, I'm you. just. I'm the only. I'm going to be here. But the rest uh, of the but you're show. actually. I mean, you've been really busy lately. So I you're have. actually going to not be an official co-host anymore. You're going to be That's more true. of a, a. What's the baseball term? Pitch hitter. <laughs> Pinch hitter. Something like that. Anyway, sports. <laughs> sports metaphors. Not my forte. This is an but, art show, um, Megan. So we'll miss you a little bit, but uh, but you're going to be around. I'll and be doing around. Stuff, right? Yeah. I. I. Uh, yeah. The thing. That's thanks for mentioning, Megan. I won't be here regularly, although I haven't really been here regularly the last few weeks. Anyway, um, you've been you've been flying solo, doing an awesome job. Uh, um, doing my best. Yeah. There you go. Um. But but I'll be around. You'll hear from me. Fantastic. Cool. Okay. Thanks, see you Megan. later. See ya. Okay. So uh, awesome. Last days of Judas Iscariot. Megan squealing away out of her chair out of the studio. Bye, Megan. Bye. Okay, continuing on. We have such a great uh, packed show for you today. Uh, so many awesome things to talk about. Once again, we're going to be talking about God of Carnage, which is going to be happening at the Vancouver Playhouse Theater. Blue Box, uh, which is an interview with uh, Adam Yanush, and he did that with Carmen uh, Aguirre. And the Closer Variations, which are happening at Carousel Theater this weekend. And some info about uh, a few really cool upcoming events, including a couple of film festivals. Uh, We've got Hello Dolly uh, from Royal City Musical Theatre. Dance All Sorts from uh, New Works, as well as the Free City Collective EP release at Venue in May. Uh, I'm just going to talk to you about all kinds of really cool stuff that's coming up in the city, because there's so many things happening right now. Uh, So first, um, we are, are, I guess the last time I was here, which was... 
Well, that's not true. The last time I was here hosting the show, let's go with that, which was back in March, we chatted about the Vancouver Playhouse Theatre Company announcing their closure. Uh, Now, of course, that was going to be timed in the beginning of March with their close of Catalyst Theatre's Hunchback. That's, of course, since come and gone. And so the the Vancouver Playhouse Theatre Company is slowly starting to, to, you know, um, go away. It sounds so unpleasant. Anyway, um, it's it's sort of left some open questions. We had a lot of questions when the announcement happened, and there's been a few answers. And uh, I mentioned at that time that we would do a quick update. Pardon me. And I want to do that update for you now so that we can make sure that you guys know what's going on. So um, the Vancouver Playhouse uh, was going to be presenting A God of Carnage, which is a show that comes from the Manitoba Theatre Centre. And it was sort of on the rocks after the announcement of the closure But the Vancouver Civic Theatres, which is a branch of the city who handle, uh, they basically manage the Vancouver Playhouse venue, uh, as well as the Queenie and the Orpheum. They are actually going to take on the presentation, which is really, really fantastic. So God of Carnage is going to continue. I'm not going to say too much about it, only because today in the show, Megan brings us a really fantastic interview with the God of Carnage director, Miles Potter. Uh, So we'll get into that in a second. So that's really fantastic. It will still continue at the Playhouse. Um, So that's great. The next thing I wanted to mention is we did an interview, we featured an interview rather, with Jesse Van Ryan, who is the co-producer of Relevant Theatre. Jessie shared with us some of her concerns uh, surrounding her uh, show, which is called The Exquisite Hour. Uh, It was supposed to be happening uh, also at the Playhouse as part of their recital series. Uh, And that was also sort of up in the air, and who knows what was going to happen there. Uh, Relevant has some news, and so I want to share that news with you. Uh, they, They posted at the end of March. The Exquisite Hour is going to go ahead which is really fantastic. Uh, It's going to be going up at the review stage, which is the Arts Club review stage on Granville Island. Uh, It's going to open on May 1st and run through the 12th. And uh, so you will be able to catch the Exquisite Hour. Uh, If you remember, the Exquisite Hour was uh, in the Vancouver Fringe Festival last year and won an award where they got to be presented again at the Playhouse as part of their season this year. So due to the sudden closure uh, and the announcement, um, Jesse and uh, her her fellow relevants have managed to find a way to put it up at the review stage, which is fantastic. So I encourage you to go check out the Exquisite Hour. I miss it at the Fringe, and I am very excited to see it. So I encourage you to do the same. Again, it's running May 1st through May 12th on Granville Island at the review stage. Uh, and you can find out more information on their website, which is relevanttheater.wordpress.com. And that's relevant like elephant, but with an R in front of it. That made little to no sense. Anyway, that's my update on the Playhouse. Um, A lot of interesting stuff is happening. One more quick update. Um, There's a lot of season announcements happening now. It's springtime. Everybody's announcing their seasons next year. Uh, The Arts Club has just announced their season as an example. You can check that out on their blog at artsclub.com. Some highlights from that. Uh, our uh, Clybourne Park, uh, which is a Pulitzer Prize winning show. The hit Broadway musical Avenue Q as well as a show from David Sedaris, um, who if you uh, listen to NPR's This American Life, you will know exactly who David Sedaris is, or if you read his books. He's great. Um, So a lot of really awesome uh, shows are going to be going up at the Arts Club. Um, But uh, Theatre Under the Stars is also announced that they are going to be presenting a Tony-winning, Tony Award-winning musical, rather, uh, which is Titanic, a new musical. So that's going to be really interesting. And the Playhouse tie-in here, 
because I want to tie this all in for you, uh, is that Max Reimer, who is the previous uh, artistic managing director of the Playhouse, um, is actually going to be directing that production. Uh, so that's going to be really, uh, really fun. Uh, that's going to be Titanic, a musical at Theatre Under the Stars in Stanley Park this summer. So we'll have more on that because that should prove to be interesting. Anyhow, um, those are a few things that are coming up. I also want to mention right now a couple of shows that are happening uh, and that are opening rather this weekend before we get into a few of the features that we have in today's show. So the first is The Meal. Um, This is a show that's happening at Pacific Theater. Uh, It starts today and runs through the 14th, which is Saturday. Uh, It is at uh, Pacific Theater, um, which is on West 12th. And um, basically it's a show that is written by Rick Maddox and directed by Richard Wolf of Pi Theater. And basically, I'll read you the little description here. Four singers swig wine and break bread while anxiously awaiting a late guest of honor. It's the Last Supper. So in a funky theatrical new song cycle inspired by the Gospels of John, Thomas, Judas, and Mary Magdalene, uh, and Louis... uh, Oh my goodness, I can't even pronounce that. It's based on a film called The Exterminating Angel. Uh, It's fresh from its debut at the Push Festival, and it's an encore performance featuring musicians from a host of Vancouver's top indie bands. It proves to be really fantastic. Um, So performances are at 8 o'clock nightly, and there is a 2 p.m. matinee on Saturday, as well as a 10.30 p.m. bonus late night showing on Friday, which, as I understand, might be the only performance you may be able to get tickets for. Uh, So please go check it out. It's going to be really, really fantastic. Again, that's uh, The Meal playing at the Playhouse, or uh, pardon me, at Pacific Theater. Man, my goodness, there's so much happening. I also want to tell you about Hello, Dolly. Uh, This is happening April 12th through 28th at the Massey Theater. It's Royal City Musical Theater's presentation of Hello, Dolly. Of course, Hello, Dolly is a winner of 10 Tony Awards, including Best Musical. Uh, They have many, many shows with tickets ranging from $20 to $39. You can buy them at MasseyTheater.com. Um, or finding more information at royalcitymusicaltheater.com. That should prove to be interesting, and it's directed uh, by Valerie Easton. So there's something else for you if you happen to be in New Westminster and would like to go see a musical. The last thing I want to tell you about that's coming up uh, this Sunday at 2 o'clock is April Dance All Sorts, which is presented by New Works. Uh, It's called Brief Encounters. It's a performance, and let me tell you more about it. In a collaboration with New Works, the Tomorrow Collective has curated three performances plus films from the Brief Encounters archives for a very special all-ages matinee installment. Performers include Josh Martin from the 605 Collective, as well as members of Swollen Members, Allison Denham, Clancy Dennehy, Shayna Priya, and Mitch Anderson. So some really great dance artists uh, are going to be collaborating on this fantastic show, uh, which is going to be happening, one performance only, all ages, at the Roundhouse Community Center in Yaletown this Sunday at 2 o'clock. So there's another cool thing that's coming up. I have just listed you so many awesome things that are coming that I think we should take a break. So let's do that. Um, We're going to take a very short break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to hear from Miles Potter, who is the director of God of Carnage, coming to the Playhouse. Stay with us. How do you go from this to this? 
Your parents Shakespeare, this ain't. Welcome to the Bombity of Errors, an adaptation of MC Willie Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors. Elizabethan times get pumped up with a little hip-hop flavor as actors sing, rap, and rhyme with a live DJ on stage. Bombity of Errors runs from April 4th through the 22nd at Studio 16 in Vancouver. For tickets and more information, just go to brownpapertickets.com. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Flaming Angels Boutique, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, Red Cat Records, The Regional Assembly of Text, RX Comics, Temple of the Modern Girl, and The Wallflower Modern Diner. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To learn more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or check us out online at citr.ca. And welcome back to the Arts Report here on CITR 101.9 FM, also streaming live online at citr.ca. My name is Nick Sartori. It is a pleasure having you with us this fine Wednesday. And uh, we have a packed, wonderful show for you. So let's get started. First, we are talking God of Carnage. This was a show that is coming to us via Manitoba Theatre Centre to the Vancouver Playhouse Theatre. God of Carnage starts this weekend, and it's presented by Vancouver Civic Theatres and, of course, the Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre, whose troupe will perform the piece. It's written by Yasmina Reza, translated from French by Christopher Hampton, and it won the 2009 Olivier Award for Best Play for its London production. A successful Broadway run also resulted in a 2009 Tony Award for Best Play. This dark, tense comedy begins after two young boys have been in a playground fight. Their parents meet to discuss the incident in a civilized manner, but what begins as a calm and rational debate between grown-ups soon degenerates into a hysterical evening of name-calling, tantrums, and tears before bedtime. Megan Thomas, our wonderful arts director here at CITR, spoke to director Miles Potter about the play itself, about our bad behavior, and about bullying. But first, uh, they talked about how he described the show in a nutshell. It's an ugly domestic comedy. There's two couples, and they're meeting to uh, discuss an incident with one of their sons, hit the other one in the face with a stick and broke his tooth. So they're having one of those parental conferences, and they're all determined to deal with this as adults. And uh, the, as the situation slowly develops, and they all offer up their ideas and plans and versions of what happened, slowly it starts to be revealed that what their real intention is is to find out who to blame and that no one, in fact, is willing to either take responsibility for what has happened or has any empathy for what the other parents might possibly be going through. The analogy, in a way, in a sense, is that they are kids. They are just like the kids in the playground, only these are uh, supposedly mature adults. In fact, if, if they were young, younger kids, you know, young parents, you might excuse them as inexperienced but so so she on purpose she makes the older parents and professional people that either have had previous marriages or have been uh, together for a while so that that's no excuse and the writer is a uh, yasmina reza it's originally in the french correct yes she's a she's a french writer she writes in french and christopher hamden does the english translations he's a um an actor as well as a writer it's been adapted then for north america so there was a kind of a version that took place in paris and a version version that took place in england now a version and kind of a north american version yeah it's it from looking at the play it seems that it's one of those 
situations where the story is universal, but I'm sure that there are cultural changes. Yes, I'm sure they had to find those analogies. I'm not well enough versed in French to sit down and read the original. I wish I was, but I'm, you know, all of us were a bit curious about some of the changes and things that have morphed in the script to, to arrive, but it speaks and plays very well, and it's, uh, it's very accessible to an audience. It, it's one of these really, uh, really lovely plays that is about something quite serious, but she is able to frame it, you know, like her famous play, Art, Mm-hmm. Uh, she's able to frame it in a way that is utterly entertaining. You think you're watching, you know, a, a comedy, and you are watching a comedy, and you're watching people become, you know, though you accept that they're real people, they become more and more outrageous in their behavior. Uh, and then finally, they do just kind of break the bounds. I mean, it's it's, uh, and the play is a little less than totally realistic in that sense. Yeah, is there anything about uh, your presentation that is particularly Canadian? Just the fantastic Canadian actors. Um, oh, I can't I, go wrong with I, that. I thought, I, thought, <laughs> I thought a little bit about putting it in each city, changing the place names, etc. But it seemed like it, it wouldn't change anything else. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a bit of a stunt. And it, and it felt a bit like uh, it would make people... Um, Distract them, maybe? Uh, slightly distracted and I'd be condescending it's like oh I can make this relevant to you by changing names and I think the play is already relevant Mm -hmm. and I think we're so used to seeing plays in sort of general North America that we we you know we don't have any problem with placing it there we don't feel alienated because this family appears to be living in Manhattan are there any moments in the play or any moments in the storyline that you recognize from from real life? Do you feel that this represents oh, you something like that really happens? Yes, I'm endlessly childish. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's and that's part of it. Is it's like a warning. It's like, hey, catch yourself when you start thinking more about you know you and and also the. Um, I think there's something very Western culture about the cult of the child. And the fact that we use our children to justify a lot of bad behavior. I did it for my kids, you know, could practically be a mantra put over the white-collar prison, you know. You, 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 and we will also excuse people for anything, you know. I, I was walking down the street with my kid in the stroller, and, and this guy came up, and he looked really threatening. So I, I hit him with a stick. <laughs> and we go, instead of going, you fool! You know, that was just an older man out for a walk. You know, oh, yeah, well, I understand, of course. You have to do anything to protect your children. And then the other thing about it, which is very clear in the play, it it doesn't mean all children. Mm -hmm. It just means your children. Of course. Now, if if the society's mantra was, we will do anything to protect our children, that would be very different. Because then we might clean up the air. Then we might do something real about our economy. Affects the education system. Fix the education system, right? Hire some more teachers, uh, pay people properly. But we don't. We we are because we're using it not in a genuine way, in empathy with other people, but as an excuse for our own greed. In a sense, we have commandeered our our particular children as our reasons to say, "Well, I I had to screw that guy on the job because I needed that desk because I needed a better job because I have a family." <laughs> We, we, in some ways, I mean, you know, we all want to, uh, you know, we all care about our, take care of our particular children. But 
I don't think they should be excuses for our bad behavior. I think the all the children should be our reasons for good behavior. It just seems inevitable that connection is going to be drawn, so I think I'll, I'll just ask. Would you say that this play is about, in some ways, bullying, or is that just a, well, a coincidence? It, I mean, it does speak to bullying. It's mm-hmm. not. It's, that's not the focus. The bullying that takes place in the play, I mean, in the end, probably, I don't know, these kids probably act better than the parents, probably, <laughs> in the end. Because, you know, stopping bullying on the playgrounds, making sure that kids are aware that they can protect themselves, mm-hmm. that's the focus in a way that we have now. Play is really, in essentially, is more concerned with the origins of the bullying. In fact, that it starts in the parents. That if there are bullies on playgrounds, you can track it back. And that's where the behavior has to, has to in a sense, be, be altered. The characters in the play, some of them, they talk about, you know, we represent Western values, and, and they're talking about what they think is their their good acts for poor people, etc. And in fact, but what's truthful about what they're saying is that they do represent the values of Western society. And unfortunately, the, West, the values of Western society are becoming more egocentric, more me organized, more we only care about ourselves. And whether, you know, we bar- rarely widen our, our realm of care to larger than our family, rather than to society as a whole. And, and that's what the play, I think, is it, at, at heart is trying to talk about. And that is Megan Thomas speaking to Miles Potter, who is the director of God of Carnage, which is coming to the Vancouver Playhouse Theatre. So it's presented by Vancouver Civic Theatres and the Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre. And it is running April 14th, which is this Saturday through May 5th. Tickets are from $33 and can be reserved by calling 604 665 3470. You can also purchase them in person at the theater box office uh, for the Vancouver Playhouse, which is at the corner of Hamilton and Dunsmere downtown, uh, from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. So there you have it. So thank you, Megan, for providing us with that wonderful uh, interview. Um, that's going to be a really fantastic show, and I uh, think you should check it out. So there you are. Uh, let's move in right along. Uh, the next feature we have comes from Adam Yanush, and uh, it's about Blue Box, which is with Carmen Aguirre. So Carmen wears many creative hats, including playwright, actor, director, novelist, uh, among many others. With Blue Box, she is presenting a solo show about growing up as an underground revolutionary in Chile. It deals with similar events as her award-winning book, Something Fierce, Memoirs of a Revolutionary Daughter, from which she recently did a reading at the Kolch. Arts Report correspondent Adam Janusz sat down with Carmen to talk about the two revolutionary tales, as well as about having her feet in two cultures, Latin America and Western Canadian. But first, Adam asked her about the difference between Blue Blocks, the play, and Something Fierce, the memoir. Well, prose is very different than playwriting, Mm. so... um the actual writing is very, very different, even though some of the content uh, from the book is the same as the mm-hmm. content in Blue Box. The actual way I have written mm-hmm. those stories is completely different because one is for the stage and one is for a book, right? And yeah. And how do you do that? What kinds of things do you think about? Um, specifically, uh, let's take a theater. Um, how is it different than, than from writing? Well, in the theater, you're in the present tense. Mm-hmm. Um, you have human beings right in front of you in the mm-hmm. moment. 
Um, so all the writing in the theater is in the present tense, whereas something fierce is all in the past tense. Okay. And I establish a relationship with the audience uh, right off the top because it is direct address. I am speaking directly mm. to the audience. They are another character, as it were, in the play. Okay. Is that really important to you, that connection with the audience? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the most important thing. Yeah? Yeah. W was it tricky to with Blue Box to... Um, I don't know, a certain, to keep maintain a certain tone, like to, to keep it upbeat, or, or were you worried about getting too, too heavy or too political, maybe? No, I mean, uh, I, I certainly like in, in, in when I go see a play or even when I read a book uh, mm -hmm. to, have, um, to not have it all be one note, okay. right? So it does go into a very dark place in Blue Box, mm -hmm. but it also goes into very light, very funny places. It's just a matter of finding the right rhythm mm -hmm. and knowing when to go where. And why, why do you want to do that? Why not just do something that's pretty heavy <laughs> uh, because I think that you lose the audience okay yeah and, and right I, and again it's, yeah. it's, it's the importance of, of keeping the audience yeah there and, and, and with you yeah huh yeah and you know it's, uh, it's interesting that you do um, you know to be a playwright and and then a novelist and then I know you know an actor and what else do you do there's a lot more isn't there well I teach uh, yeah. in the acting department at the Va at Vancouver Film School yeah and I direct for the theater. What, do, do you feel like that's all just storytelling and just different ways of storytelling? Um, like, why do you do so many different uh, media? Well, I never set out to do that. It's kind mm. of chosen me. But yes, I agree with you. It's all different. It's all different forms of telling a story, but it all does mm. come down to storytelling. Hmm. Yeah. And do you think you'll do other kinds of things or... Well, I'm supposed to kind of start adapting my book into a screenplay, so I haven't written a screenplay before, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's interesting, yeah. and then you'll have film in, in yeah. there as well. Yeah. And that's another another shift. Have you have you thought about that, The um, you know, the how you'll have to change it for uh, for that medium? Yes, I have. I mean, I've started thinking about it. Yeah, any, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, as you know, film is uh, about images. It's about putting together a series of images. Um, so just really starting to think about telling the story that I tell in something fierce mm -hmm. through that medium of images. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, now this is to, to branch out a little um, from the actual works, but in, in, the, in the book, uh, there, there are some really quick and funny uh, references to, to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. and Vancouverites and how they compare to people in Latin America. And it's not always an a entirely favorable comparison, you know, like references to how they're a little bit more reserved, mm -hmm. they're not as expressive with their faces and their hands and, yeah. and you know, and things like that. I just wonder, um, what do you think of Vancouver uh, today? Do you think it's any different than it was um, in those early days when you were growing up there as, as a kid? Sure. I mean, it's grown so much, yeah. right? And um, I do think it's different. I think it's. Um, I, I think it is. It is a bit more open, not not as reserved as it once was. And I also think that uh, it's become much more um, inaccessible. Inaccessible. Inaccessible in terms of um, class. Yeah. Right. I think in the seventies it was much more of a union town. Mm. It's a, it was a port city, mm -hmm. uh, much more um, middle class, maybe or working class. The working class. Working class, mm -hmm. and and people were much more politicized than they are now. Um, so uh, I, I feel like that's a loss, and I think that started to change uh, in the in the eighties after Expo eighty six. Okay. Yeah.
So does that mean it's become a bit more, uh, like not segregated, but um, sort of class divided? Yeah, and also more consumer oriented and more apathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that's that's unique to Vancouver, like compared to uh, other other cities, other places that maybe have maintained more of their roots? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in terms of Canada, I've only ever lived in Vancouver, mm-hmm. so I can't, I can't say. How about um, I don't know? Do you, do you spend a lot of time um, in in Latin America, or I go as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you f- still feel like you have? a foot in each world in, in the sort of Spanish Latin American world and, and the, the Canadian English speaking Vancouver world um, do you feel like that's 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 true for you that there's a sort of a globalizing effect where people do have, have feet in, in multiple places or, or do you feel really like I'm just I'm very Canadian I'm very mm-hmm. rooted here yeah, no, I feel like I'm from the Americas, mm-hmm. so that, that's that's how I feel. I think it's impossible for somebody who was raised in exile to ever feel entirely from one place. Hmm. So you learn to accept that you are from many places. Interesting. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be that much of a struggle anymore. Interesting. You can just accept that, in my case, I consider myself from the Americas. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, from being in exile, and I guess early, very early on you learn not to... Um, I guess to um, commit too much to one place because you feel like you can't. Maybe. Well, I didn't. I was not able to commit to Canada when I was mm-hmm. very small, right? Because when you're in exile, it's always about going back. Mm-hmm. That is that is the goal of life to go back. All right. So there was Carmen Aguirre speaking to Arts Report correspondent Adam Yanush uh, regarding her upcoming show Blue Box, uh, which is going to be May first uh, through May twelfth. Uh, at the Man City Culture Lab at the Culch. That was a really fascinating interview. Uh, thanks very much, Adam. And uh, thank you very much to Carmen for taking the time to speak to Adam for the Arts Report. Um, definitely check that one out. There's a preview on May 1st. It opens May 2nd um, and shows are at 8 p.m. from the 2nd through the 6th and then from the 8th through the 12th of May at the Culch Van City Culture Lab. Tickets uh, are start at $28, and you can purchase them online at www.theculch.com. So there you have it. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us this Wednesday. This is The Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We are streaming live online at citr.ca, and you can find us a whole bunch of ways uh, on social media. If you search on Facebook for CITR Arts Report, you will find us. On Twitter, we are at CITR underscore Arts Report. And we also have a YouTube channel where you can find um, some really fantastic content that you may not actually find in one of our podcasts. Oh, yes. Did I mention we have a podcast? We have a podcast. It's wicked awesome. You can find all the previous Arts Report shows by visiting us online at CITR.ca and also by searching iTunes for the Arts Report. Okay. So we have a few more things coming up in the show. Uh, we're going to be speaking uh, to to Adam, as a matter of fact. Adam Yanush, who just uh, did an interview with uh, Carmen Aguirre, is actually going to be interviewed by Megan for a show that he himself is um, not only conceptualized and directing, but is also actually going to be starring in, uh, which is really fantastic. So that's the Closer Variations this weekend at Carousel Theatre. We'll be speaking um, to Adam in a few moments. But first, I want to tell you about a couple of film festivals that are coming up um, that you should probably know about. Uh, the first is a festival called Projecting Change. This is a sustainable film festival, which is a concept that I think is fantastic. So let me tell you a little bit more about it. It is April 17th through April 22nd, which 
um, appropriately as Earth Day. It's Vancouver's Projecting Projecting Change Film Festival. It's a forum for film and dialogue about social and environmental issues. Their marquee six-day event features inspiring, eye-opening, and often award-winning films from around the globe, each followed by a dynamic speaker and panel discussion. So you get to come, see a really fantastic film about social and environmental issues, and then talk about it and discuss it, uh, which is really fantastic. The unique festival format is a platform for audience engagement with all proceeds donated back to local initiatives. So once again, another really fantastic way to support local sustainability Uh, issues that are directly affecting us here in Vancouver. The festival was founded in 2007 uh, and has proven to be popular amongst a truly diverse group of uh, innovation-minded people. So let me tell you a few things. Um, There are six days of 20-plus films. They have 30-plus speakers from around the globe coming to this festival. Two gala evenings, two youth days, 50-plus volunteers with 3,500-plus attendees featuring special events and activities, family screenings and interactive workshops, and uh, the tickets are cheap, so go. Uh, You can buy reserve tickets and passes online, and uh, rush tickets are available at the theater upon availability. Uh, Adult tickets are only $12, uh, with students and senior tickets, as well as children, for $10, And you can buy a full festival pass, which excludes the opening and closing galas, for $80. So there you have it. Uh, All of these films and discussions are taking place at SFU Woodwards, which is on West Hastings Street in Vancouver. And if you're looking for more information, you can find Projecting Change online. Uh, You can also give a call to SFU Woodwards, and they'll be able to help you out uh, that way. Their number is 778 782 9149 or projectingchange.ca. So there you have it. Uh, there's one more really fantastic film festival coming up that's been happening for a while. It's called Real to Real. And Real to Real, uh, let me see here, is happening April 13th through April 20th this year. It's a celebration of moving images for youth society. So Real to Real is a nonprofit registered charity dedicated to showing the best in culturally diverse, authentic programming for youth. Real to Real presents an annual film festival, which is the Real to Real International Film Festival for Youth, as well as media arts programming year round. So it's coming up uh, very soon. More information can be found on their website, which is r the number two r festival dot org. So r2rfestival.org you can find information about which films are screening and when and also buy festival tickets online as well so all that information again on their website that's real to real so before we hear from adam about the closer variations which are coming up uh we're going to take a very short break here on the arts report and uh, we will be back to tell you about that and a few more things before we wrap up today so stay with us Are you walking to class? Are you grabbing a coffee? Got lunch hour to kill? We invite you to fill the silence of your day with the sound of some live music. Music on the mind? UBC's newest student concert initiative invites the School of Music out of the concert hall into the schoolyard. Ten concerts at five venues on one campus. Let's get music on the mind at UBC. For more information, visit ubcmusiconthemind.com. Sponsored by CITR Radio, Vancouver, BC. The 
alphabet has only 26 letters. With these 26 magic symbols, however, millions of words are written every day. April and Discorder is here. Daffodils are blooming, cherry blossoms blossoming, and Discorder smells spring fresh off the presses. Check inside for monthly faves, The Overeducated Grumbler, on the topic of Dan Levy, getting textually active with rock stars, and news on the venues you know and love. Read up on the lovelies of Ruffled Feathers, Indigo Kids, and Dirty Spells, and figure out where to pick up hard copies of their stuff at your favorite local record store on Record Store Day. Reviews, calendars, charts, interviews, art projects, photos, write-ups, and teardowns, all that and more in your free April issue of Discorder. Pick up your beautiful and free copy of Discorder at any Friends of CITR business, or, if you've gone paperless, don't forget to check out Discorder at discorder.ca. Discorder, that magazine from CITR, supporting local music for over 25 years. Oh, how I love Discorder. Welcome back to the Arts Report here on CITR 101.9 FM and streaming live on CITR.ca. My name is Nick Sartori. Pleasure to have you with us these past 45 minutes. We have 15 more minutes left in the show to tell you about a couple of other very awesome things that are coming to Vancouver. And then uh, Discorder Radio will be coming on after that. So right now, I would like to tell you about The Closer Variations. So you remember that movie that came out around 2004 with uh, Julia Roberts, Jude Law, Clive Owen, and Natalie Portman? Yeah, that one about the relationships where they all start getting involved with each other, and then they break up, and they get back together, and they break up. Yeah. So that show is actually a stage play. It's written by Patrick Marber. And uh, Adam Janusz, who you know as the previous arts director here at CITR and now a regular uh, contributor to the show is uh, creating a version of that, or basically remixing a version of Closer, and it's called The Closer Variations. It's a unique spin on the popular play, and it's coming to Vancouver, as well as Coquitlam, this Saturday and next, April 14th and 21st. The Closer Variations is a remixing of Closer by Patrick Marber, the modern drama about relationships and infidelity. The Closer Variations features six original multidisciplinary pieces, ranging from theater to dance to literary criticism, all related to the play and its themes. The director and conceiver of the show just happens to be, as I mentioned, former Arts uh, Report host, Adam Janusz. He will also be acting uh, in some of the pieces. So that's awesome. Now you get to go meet Adam and see him on stage. Uh, Megan Thomas spoke to Adam about why Closer is such a favorite for study and why the play is more relevant now than ever. Adam also has some thoughts about the future of theater. Of course he does. Uh, But first, uh, Megan asked Adam why and how he decided to remix Closer into six individual pieces. We wanted to take that original material and use it as inspiration to make something uh, original out of it. And so what we've done is we, we've taken the play and we've created six new, what I'm calling, uh, pieces. The scenes doesn't really quite work. Vignettes, skits, all of that doesn't quite fit. But pieces uh, is a nice, lovely fit because these are original works. Each of them are less than 10 minutes, but each of them deals with a theme that's in the play or a character that's in the play. And so uh, we take these different um ingredients that are in the original production and we try to do something new with it. Could you give us uh, some examples of of what this is going to look like? Because originally this was going to be a stage reading, correct? And you decided to split it up into these pieces in order to delve a little deeper into the the material? Yeah, it was initially going to be a stage reading. We were going to have some actors up on stage and they would go through the scenes or at least, you know, some of the key scenes. And then we thought, well, 
what if rather than just reading, what if we uh, added some new elements? So what if we use, let's say, a video projector to project something that would complement what's going on in the story? And then that, that just kind of kept rolling. And then, and then I thought, well, what if we took a scene and rather than read it, what if we converted it into a dance piece? Are there any pieces that are closest to your heart? You do star in it, a few of them as well. Sure. Well, I can tell you about that one, yeah. And actually, it is uh, very close to my heart. It's sort of the, the climactic moment, but not because I'm in it. But it starts with with me and Shanda Walters, who is another uh, collaborator. And we start doing a scene, and it's it's fairly conventional. It's it's just the acting. It's just a dialogue between, between two people. Nothing particularly uh, fancy is being done to the scene. But immediately following that... Um, there will be two two dancers on stage that represent my character, uh, Larry, and uh, Shanda's character, Anna, and they're going to continue the story that that we begin from the script. They're going to continue that story in movement. And what's really exciting about this is the kind of movement that it's going to be. It's it's not typical dance. In fact, it's based on a particular style of dance that was popular in Paris at, at the the turn of the last century called Apache. And this was based on the relationship between uh, pimps and hoes. So this dance had these elements of very elegant dances like tango, for example, and then would incorporate uh, punches and hair pulls and slaps. A lot of that from the man to the woman, but also from the woman to the man. So we chose this dance because the relationship between Anna and Larry, it gets pretty ugly. Like they, when they fight they really fight and they throw everything at each other, you know, uh, metaphorically speaking. So we wanted to kind of express that through movement and and have these two people really go at it. So that scene is really close to my heart because I think it's going to be really dramatic looking and, and also very different from just doing a straight up dialogue. You were the arts director here for two years at CITR and I know that focusing on multidisciplinary pieces and art shows and theater shows that incorporated various disciplines was something that you really valued. So that's basically manifesting itself here as well? Yeah, when I was arts director, I got to see a lot of different kinds of shows. And some of those shows were more uh, conventional theater. And then there would be shows that would incorporate more multimedia or avant-garde techniques or, or generally would just have a a modern attitude. They would say, look, conventional theater just doesn't cut it anymore. Let's do something different. And and I did try to emphasize those kinds of productions, whether they were theater or dance or whatever. I tried to emphasize that as as host of the Arts Report because, I don't know, in the back of my mind, I always have this feeling that, that theater is dying. And maybe that's just me. But I think a lot, a lot of people understand that it's it's hard for the performing arts to keep up with um, with all the the gadgets out there you know the iPods and the 3d movies and uh, popular culture is continuing to to evolve and I think theater needs to evolve with it if it's going to stay current and relevant and continue to hold the attention of audiences so so definitely that was a big motivator for this as well is is to say look closer is great it's a great play and it has a lot of value on its own but you know, we're we're competing for people's attentions and and there's a lot of great stuff out there for people to see. So let's do something different. Let's do something unconventional and outside the box and really challenge our audience to say, you know, come and see this because it's it's like nothing you've you've seen before. If you're not invested in theater or you're not invested in either the theoretical or the emotional side of theater, then 
you would kind of equate a film and a, a play in a way because oh it's a story and there are characters and there's a plot and I will enjoy it. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned you know the theater versus film because it brings up two things. One is that there is a film version of of this play, right? So it's like oh it's it's been done in so many different ways. So so again, I kind of felt an impetus to to do it um, in a new way once again from play to film to this kind of. Um, you know, remix or, or laboratory experiment wicka, that we're wicka, doing. Wicka Wicka remix theater. <laughs> wicka Wicka. <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to say, though, is that, you know, people do get confused and they think, why why would I see a play when I could just, you know, see a movie? It's, it's, it's more accessible to get to a movie theater, yada, yada. And and I really wanted to emphasize the live aspect, that, that live performance art is so much better in some ways than than film because these are real people in front of you and there is a kind of magic that happens between live performers and and a live audience and so uh that's something that i had in the back of my mind for every one of the pieces so all six of the pieces and and just for the whole production that we're doing all the time in the back of my mind is how do we make this an interesting live experience so there are so there is a bit of audience interaction but not necessarily like you don't have to participate but but always uh, with each one of our pieces we want to really play up that that special bond that that can happen between an audience and performers and you mentioned in your director's note that the ideas in the play are arguably more relevant today than when the play was written in the early 90s now um I'm now going to ask you about that, so I hope you don't regret making that note, <laughs> because I now want you to explain that. Um, how dare you, first of all. <laughs> um, I think it is more relevant today, because when... Well, first of all, here's the easy answer, is that there's a scene in the original script uh, that's an internet chat room. And the internet chat room scene is played out on stage, like on a screen. They, mm-hmm. they go back and forth, and that's really cool because even in 2012 there aren't a lot of uh, theatrical scenes that are played out through either internet chat or text messaging in theater today we're not sort of keeping up uh, writers are, aren't always reflecting the ways that we communicate today you know through not just speech but and phone but we also communicate a lot through email and, and a lot through text and, and it's a different form of communication it's a different way of expressing yourself and, and it brings up issues of you know privacy and, and personality like can you really sort of transmit your personality and your thoughts through these these digital forms so so in that respect Closer is, is more uh, relevant because it includes these technologies in, in the scenes. But more importantly, what I, what I really thought of when I wrote that director's note is, is, the, is, is what the play says about relationships and what it says about, um, about marriage and infidelity and selfishness. And it's quite brutal. Like, the play is quite brutal in these themes and it's quite harsh on humans in this modern world. Is there anything else you want to add, Adam, about how audiences should come into it, what mindset or what they should expect? Yeah, I would say it definitely helps if you want to play and be ready for for a conversation. Because, for example, at the end of the sixth piece, you know, the sixth and last piece, we basically want to turn it into a sort of lounge-like atmosphere and just talk. You know, all the performers will be there, and we really just want to converse with people in the audience and say, "What did you think?" or "Or have you read the play?" What, what you know, what's your interpretation of, of of the story that maybe we didn't cover? So we really, really want people to come out and sort of be part of it, be, be part of the experience and not feel like they're on the other side of the fourth wall. We want to destroy the fourth wall and just share in the, the theatrical experience together. So that is Adam Janusz. 
you know him here from the Arts Report, but he has also uh, created a show called The Closer Variations based on some of the themes, stories, and characters of Patrick Marber's fairly infamous show, Closer. Uh, so the event is happening this weekend, Saturday, April 14th at Carousel Theater, which is on Granville Island. Uh, and as well, it's happening next Saturday, April 21st at the Evergreen Cultural Center, which is in Coquitlam. Both shows, including the one this weekend at Carousel Theater, this Saturday night is at 8.30 p.m. The show's about an hour long, and um, the best part is that you can pay what you can. So it means pay whatever you want. Um, you know, the, the producers would love $5, would love $10, would love $20. You pay whatever you like. So that's kind of awesome. It's all by donation. Uh, the folks pre- presenting this is Shift Performing Arts. Um, f- to find more information about this show and others, you can visit them at www.shiftarts.ca, including that wonderful director's note that Megan was referencing. So there you have it. Um, that is uh, The Closer Variations, uh, which is coming this Saturday to Carousel Theatre. Um, and um, with that, we've come to the end of the show. Um, there's a few thanks that I want to mention, but first I would like to mention Carousel Theatre, since I just mentioned them. They have a show coming up uh, as well that's going to be at Waterfront Theatre on Granville Island. It's the last one in their season. It's Jason and the Argonauts. This is a great show based on the classical story of, of course, Jason and the Argonauts, but it has a wonderful modern spin. It's two guys from Scotland doing this show. Um, it's going to be really, really great. Um, I've seen a little video of it, and it looks like a lot of fun. So I encourage you to go again carousel theater does uh, theater for young people and their families. But of course this show is, is fun for all ages. So it's April 13th through 29th uh, at waterfront theater. More info can be found at carouseltheater.ca. So thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this has of course been the arts report here on CITR 101.9 FM. And, um, I'm Nick Sartori. Uh, Discord Radio is coming up next. Please find us and our podcast online at citr.ca. I want to leave you today with a song. Um, this is a song by Free City Collective. We've played them on the show before. Uh, and they have a show coming up uh, where they are releasing a new EP of theirs. It's going to be at Venue downtown on Thursday, May 10th. Visit them online at freecitycollective.com. Please join Megan next week when she tells you more awesome things that are happening in the arts and culture world here in Vancouver. My name is Nick Sartori once again. Thank you so much for joining us. Discord Radio is coming up next. This is CITR 101.9 FM.